Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. And today is January the 9th, and our chapter for today is Genesis chapter 12. Now, let me say at the outset that this is a watershed chapter. Up until this time, God was working in various ways and revealing his will to this family and then that family, all of the line of Seth. But now all of a sudden, out of all the families of the earth that are now scattered throughout the various continents that have been created, the various people groups and language groups, some of those are laid out in the scriptures that we have read about where they were located and all of the details that we did not get into as we have come now to Genesis chapter 12 and we are confronted with a man that will affect all of human history. Even today, 4,000 years after Genesis chapter 12, we are still naming our sons Abraham. We are still naming our sons Isaac. We are still naming our sons Jacob. And the reason is, is because of the importance of this man that is introduced in the latter part of Genesis chapter 11 and Genesis chapter 12 in our English Bibles. Remember, when we come to this section, what is in our English Bibles, 1125, you would be beginning a new section here. And so again, I'm not trying to confuse. I'm trying to help you to understand why many times these sections are some shorter, some longer. It has to do with the people who were born during that era and what God wanted to explain to you and to me and to his people, the Jews who wrote this down who are identified as the chosen people of promise to receive the great promises and covenant that he's about to make with Abraham. Now, remember, he's fulfilling the promise that he made to Adam and that he made to Eve and to what he said to Satan when he cursed him and cursed the earth and cursed the universe because of Adam's sin when he gave in to the temptation of his wife who had given in to the temptation and the deceitfulness of Satan. He said, there will be one who will come and crush your head. He is identified as the anointed one. In Greek, the word anointed one is Christos. We take the OS off, which is an inflation ending, which tells you whether it's a noun or a verb or whatever, and we just have Christ, and that's the word anointed one in Greek. That's the New Testament word. That's why we call Jesus many times, because we use the Greek translation, Jesus Christos, Jesus Christ, who is the anointed one, Jesus the anointed one. But the word in Hebrew is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. The word Messiah is Mashiach in Hebrew, and it means the same thing, the anointed one. And so Abraham is the father of that, and he's called the father over and over again. His name, Av, or 
Abe, as we would say, Abe is the word father in Hebrew. If you go to Israel with me or you know Jewish people, you know that the father, they don't say daddy as we do in English. They don't say father as we do in English. They say Abba, Abba. Abi is my father. The word Abe is just the word for father. This is why Avram, Ram is the word for high or to exalt or lift up. And so Avram means exalted father. That was his name. And indeed he was. And God changed his name from Avram to Avraham. And Avraham means the father of a multitude, in this case, father of nations. But that's for a later podcast. What I want you to understand is that Abraham comes on the scene, and in Genesis chapter 12, now the Lord, there again, is all capitals, that's Hashem, and Hashem, the personal covenant God, said one word, one command, it's one word in the Hebrew language, get out. I mean, get out. That's why it's get out of here. That's what he says, get out. And he said three things about that get out, that verb. Get out of where? Get out of your country. Get away from whom? Your family. Get away more specifically, not from just the group of people there, but also from your father's house. And then number four, I'll take you to a land. I'll show you a land. You're going to have to trust me. You've never been there. You don't know where you're going, but I do. I've been there. I made it, and I will walk with you along the way. I'll go before you. I'll lead you. I'll help you. And so God said to Abraham, get out. That's a good word for us sometime. Get out. Get out of your country. That is the land where you are. Now, by the way, this whole story is told, we have inside of this, in the book of Acts, chapter 7, where Stephen is giving his defense. And the Bible says that when God first spoke to Abraham is even beyond this, because as you read the story, starting at 11 and verse 27, when God said this to Abraham in chapter 12, when he spoke to Abram there, it's after his father died, and he got very specific with Abraham then while he was in Haran. But according to Stephen, God first spoke to him when he was in Mesopotamia, when he was in Ur of the Chaldees. That's Ur of the Chaldean people. He was in the city of Ur, which was the capital of the Uruk people, U-R-U-K, the Uruk people. Their capital city was Ur. And so they had left and gone north and west to Haran. And it was there that his father died and God said, all right, now I'm going to get specific. Stephen said that when he was giving his defense before the Sanhedrin and the court there in Jerusalem, he said, you know, our father Abraham, God spoke to him when he was yet in Mesopotamia, when he was yet in Ur, and he said to him, get out from this land. Now, he didn't go into the details because now Abraham and his father and his family had moved to Haran. His father died, and God said, all right, 
You've been circling now. I want you to land. Here we go. We're going to go in for the landing. And I want you to do three things. Not only do you need to get out from this earth, and that's the word here. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, the word is the word gay, which is the word for earth. So he said, get out from your country and from your family. That is, you need to get away from this people. You need to get away from specifically all of the immediate relatives. Now, that's interesting. You mean God would tell someone to get away from their family? Sometimes the healthiest thing you can do is get away from your family. Sometimes the healthiest thing you and I can do is get away from a place that is holding us back. Now, I don't want to go into the devotional aspects and the application aspects of this because I want to help you to understand the text here, but you've got to ask God about what he's speaking to you. The reason I left East Tennessee and went to Dallas, Texas in 1976 to school is because I needed to get out of the place where I'd been. I needed to get away from the people that I had run with. I needed to get away from the culture that was there. I needed to get away from everything that was there because God was going to show me something new and exciting and I wouldn't be where I am today by the grace of God giving this podcast and doing what I'm able to do by God's great mercy and graciousness unless I had followed God to begin with. I had to get out from where I was comfortable. I had to get out from where everybody told me, you don't need to leave. But those who were my mentors said, you need to get out of here. Because you got too much baggage here from a life of ungodliness, get out of here. And that's exactly what he told, uh, even get away from these people and uh, get away from your father's house and I will take you. So there's one, two, three, four, get out of your country, away from your family, away from your father's house. And then he said to a land that I will show you. Now, hold on. He said, when you get there, I'm going to give you seven promises. And here's the seven promises. He said, I will make you a great nation. That's number one. Number two, I will bless you. Number three, and I will make your name great. Number four, and you shall be a blessing. Number five, I will bless those who bless you. Number six, I will curse those who curse you. And number seven, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. You see, many times we just quote this and we say, yeah, you know, God told Abraham, those who bless him will be blessed. Those who curse him will be cursed. And I'm going to follow and support the Jewish people because, you know, I want a blessing. Well, that's not a good reason. I mean, it's better than nothing. But is that your motivation? Is it all about you? Is it all about, oh, I want to be blessed? Well, of course we want to be blessed. But the reason that we need to love the Jewish people is because God loves the Jewish people. Whatever our Father loves, that's what we need to love. Wherever our Father loves, that's where we need to love. And whatever it is that God loves, that's what we need to love. After all, He's our Father. We have given our lives to Him. We don't own ourselves anymore. What do we think we're doing? And so Abram understood, this is the call of God upon my life. I'm going to have to trust God alone because I'm going to get out away from anybody that can help me. I'm going to get away from anybody that knows me. I'm going to have to go to a place I've never been before. I'm going to have to follow God. I'm going to be forced to trust him. Does God ever get us to the place to where we're forced to trust him? Well, I think you can answer that. Now, listen to what I'm saying. Abram had already lived 75 years. And so the Bible says at 75, God said, I've got a future for you. I've got something for you. 
and God let him live for another hundred years. Amazing. But he needed to follow God. He needed to get out from where he was, and this was the call. And God gave these blessings, and God made these promises, and from this point on, God introducing these promises, he's going to make a formal covenant with him in chapter 15, which is tomorrow. He's going to cut a covenant with him. He's going to make a blood covenant with him. Sacrifice is going to be made. But here he just introduces the covenant. This is not the covenant. This is just the introduction to the covenant. This is just God saying, here's what I'm going to do. Now, he's going to do it, but it's going to be a little while before he consummates that covenant all the way in chapter 15. A lot of stuff happens between chapter 12 and chapter 15. And I hope that you get time to read those chapters because, oh, my goodness, did they set the stage for chapter 15. But if you cannot, we're just doing one chapter a day in this ministry. And so read chapter 12. Now, if you sneak in, 13, 14, and then we do 15, well, then you're way ahead of the game. But all we're asking is one chapter a day. Why? Because I want to get you in the habit of going to the Word of God every day. I don't want to overwhelm you. Because for some of you, this is a major, major commitment to read the Bible one chapter a day. And some of the chapters will be longer. And so I don't want to ask you and say, well, you need to read. No, no, no. You need to read chapter 12. And if you can read the devotional, do that. If not, just get in the book of God. God will speak to your heart. But if you can listen to this podcast, I hope that this is helpful to you. And by the way, if if it is, would you write me? Would you write me, please? at questions at TonyCrisp.org, questions at TonyCrisp.org, and just say, Pastor, I love that podcast. Here's what it does for me. And the reason is, is because we would like to take some of these, not using your name, but take some of these and encourage others to get involved too, because some people don't understand how important listening to the Word of God, reading the Word of God, allowing the Word of God to get inside of us every day, how important that is. But as we go through chapter 12, you're going to see that God led Abraham from what would be in northern Mesopotamia, down through Syria, down through what is modern-day Jordan on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And I believe Abraham would have gone down the Great Canyon where the Jabbok River, where his grandson Jacob is going to have his name changed, not but a hundred or so years from this time. This is what's going to happen. Abraham left Haran, came down through what is modern-day Syria, and would have probably passed by not far from Damascus, came into what is modern-day Jordan, came down to the river Yabuk, Jabbok as we call it. We put a J instead of a Y there. This is a great canyon. It's a divide. As a matter of fact, it divided later on during the days of the judges and past when the United Kingdom, when Saul and David and Solomon were in their heyday. North of there, the way Abraham would have come to the Yarmouk River was was called the Gilead. And so Abraham would have come that way, come to the river Jabbok, gone down that great ravine and valley, all the way to the floor of the Jordan River, which is the Syrian-African rift. He would have crossed the fords there that are near there, near the city of what is today Adam, the crossing there. He would have come up across that valley and entered into Wadi Farah. It's a great divide that leads up in into the mountains in a city that's surrounded by mountains called Shechem. We call it Shechem. 
Shechem is a very important place in the Old Testament, especially during the patriarchal period. And from there, he went south. And as he was there, God began to speak to his heart and say, this is the place where I want you for right now. You remember he went south after God had spoken to him and he built an altar there and he called it the house of God, Bethel. And so all of that is described in the chapters as you read through chapter 12, 13, 14. If you don't get to do that, I'm just giving you a glimpse of what is coming up. And then in chapter 15, which we're going to be dealing with tomorrow, we're going to look at the great covenant that God made with Abraham. Chapter 15 is when the covenant was made with Abraham, not chapter 12. God just introduced it and made the promise. And as he came into the land, the scripture says that he departed to go to the land of Canaan. This is Let's just back up to verse 5. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go the land of Canaan, and they followed the route that I just laid out for you. So they came to the land of Canaan. That means they crossed the river Jordan. Abraham passed through the land of the place of Shechem. He went up through the valley, the Wadi. It's a dry river bed of ancient times called Farah, a Wadi Farah. And if you're over there with me sometime, I'll show you exactly where that is and how you get up to Shechem. And he went as far as the Terebeth tree. Now the word in Hebrew is the word alone. It's the word for oak tree. So it's translated here, uh, Terebinth tree. Terebinth tree can also be a reference to what we would call an Atlantic pistachio tree. Uh, there's many of those over there. I've got pictures uh, galore of them. And they were at Moray. And the Canaanites were then in the land. You can go back and see who were the Canaanites in the chapters preceding this. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham. Notice Hashem. Hashem appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to Hashem who had appeared to them. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going still on south. And so he went by Jerusalem through what was a later Bethlehem and uh, Jerusalem was not Jerusalem as called as such at that time, but he was following a mountain route called the Patriarchal Highway because this is the way on top of the mountains where you had water, you had vision, you had sight, you had safety. So it starts at Shechem, goes all the way to Beersheba in the south, and that mountain route is where Shiloh is, Shiloh, that's where Bethel is, that's where Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, Hebron, and then on down to Beersheba, all to say that Hebron is where he centered his life from this point on, and we will get into that in the podcast ahead. I pray this has been a blessing to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.